Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast Podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Uh, ready to hit you up with a pre-draft episode. Uh, Got to unpack some uh, Chicago Red Stars draft history, uh, some Chicago Red Stars uh, roster updates for everyone. Uh, keep you up to date on all the like small changes that have happened, some that means you know, unfortunately saying some goodbyes, but that also means saying some hellos, definitely saying some thank yous. And when you unpack that kind of stuff, you can't do it alone. No one can ever do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie and colleague, Claire Watkins, AKA the scam originator. How you doing tonight, Claire? I'm good. I'm ready to, ready to chat draft, draft chat. You know, for some people out there, whether they are staunch supporters, casual fans, neutrals who follow the NWSL, they are into the Chicago Red Stars on draft day. Yeah. It's always, it's never like not a party. Like there's always at least one thing. Like last year was a relatively quiet draft for Chicago and they only picked up the first round, you know, the first pick of the draft and got a world cup champion and, that was them just like taking a year off, kind of. Yeah, it's 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 like you look at the NWSL draft, and then you look at the Red Stars, and it's almost like, you know, the draft is going to be this epic house party, but you know it can only be like this epic house party because if like Chicago goes through, and like brings the goods, almost it's yeah, like right, yeah. People pay attention to that. People pay attention to the Red Stars. People pay attention to what Rory Dames does at the draft yeah and what it's like, happens it's like the nwsl draft is like a party where people don't have like speakers and chicago is the friend that rolls up with like the sick like bluetooth hookup and they're like no i got yep. you let's get let's get this rolling they're like wait a minute there's too many lights on yeah exactly <laughs> yeah get rid of that ox that ox sucks yeah yep uh-huh it's like thank you for trying don't worry about it somebody put on the house music and we're good yeah all right mm-hmm. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, taking place very, 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 very soon. Thursday, Thursday, January the 16th. Uh, taking place at the Soccer Coaches Convention, as it typically does every year. Uh, taking place this year in Baltimore. So shout out to all our D.C. friends, all our uh, Washington Spirit crew who are out there. I'm sure they're going to be putting in some good work. Uh, but for the Red Stars, leading into this particular draft week, they – Dropped some really big uh, signing and like sign and trade kind of moves, right? Uh, in our previous episode, we spoke a little bit about sort of the Red Stars roster movement to date, which at the time just sort of had some departures, which we recapped, and a signing of Mackenzie uh, Doniak. And so we were like, now that the New Year's hit, there's definitely going to be some movement, not just on the Red Star side, but you know, league wide, you know. The league said there's not going to be any expansion this year. The new year hit. People were focused on the draft and the and the trades and the deals like started coming like one after the other, right? So for Chicago, uh, they made some waves in a trade with Houston Dash for Kaylee Ojai. And it was a big, big deal because the Red Stars sent their way a uh, longtime Red Star and Chicagoland native Katie Naughton to Houston Dash. So it was a bit of a player for player. But there was also some uh, picks involved. Uh, the Red Stars had made a trade transaction for picks with North Carolina Courage, which gave them the Red Stars sixth pick in the first round. And they 
received the ninth and 18th pick. So they also package the 18th pick with Katie Naughton to Houston Dash for Kaylee Ojai. Claire, what were your initial impressions of this move? Um, I mean, obviously, I think the first impression is just, you know, it's you you always wish that you could trade for picks forever, but eventually you have to go player for player. Um, and so I was sad to see Katie Naughton go. Um, I would say that um, if you were, you know, if you really pushed Sandra and I to say, who do you think might be used as trade leverage in the offseason? Uh, we probably would have said Katie Naughton because A, she's a fantastic soccer player. Um, and B, Chicago has a lot of center back depth. Um, when they traded, when they drafted straight up Tierna Davidson, um, that, you know, crowded them in the middle a little bit. And then that plus the surgence of Sarah Gordon, when Sarah Gordon became an undroppable, um, you know, that's a surplus that they had. Uh, but that doesn't take anything away from Katie Naughton as a player or as a person, you know. Um, but it is kind of need for need. Houston desperately needs defense. And Chicago is probably going to need a lot of different offensive options before they figure out what works. So I get it. Um I think that Ojai has, in the aftermath of the trade, I think she's said all the right stuff. Um, I think that she's a player that's underperformed for a couple of years. Obviously, she had an ACL injury that she kind of struggled to find her form after. And Chicago, as a club, has built this reputation of not only player development, but you see specifically what they did with Morgan Bryan after her you know, issues with injuries and I understand someone like Ojai kind of seeing a fork in the road in two different directions she could go for the rest of her career. And I think she picked the harder one. And I respect that a lot and am sure that she's going to work very hard for this team. Word. It was nice to – it's nice to hear that, right? When you, when you get – when you see the news that a new player is arriving to a team like the Red Stars, right, this team that people – uh, talk about with this, you know, uh, sort of a heavy hitter, right? Finding themselves in the top tier of uh, of the table, sort of year in year out, um, kind of having this established uh, culture uh, within their club and their locker room. So to sort of hear this player who came from Houston as basically this franchise player, right? He was right. touted as the face of that Houston Dash franchise for for years, basically since they drafted her. And then to be coming into sort of this new environment uh, and saying all of these right things that she's saying, particularly in that she wanted a sort of new environment to challenge and push herself because some of the narrative around Kaylee Ojai is sort of, you know, not seeing that sort of breakout 2016 kind of year that she had, uh, this sort of, uh, you know, post-performance, post-ACL injury that she's sort of been working her way through and kind of trying to find that that 2016 form again. And uh, to, to hear players like that uh, sort of have such a role, basically being the face of one franchise and then seeking out an opportunity to really push themselves out of their comfort zone and try to get back to that form, I think it really speaks highly to, to those players. It, for me, it echoed a lot of uh, just a similar vibe of Steph McCaffrey sort of initiating a trade of her own back when she was with Boston, yeah, yeah, making her way to the Red Stars. And her very first 
post game. Um, it was a post game. I forgot which. I think it might have been after F- FC Kansas City. I'm, I, forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, but in her first post game match interview, that was a lot of the stuff that she was saying as well. Just uh, you know that comfortability can maybe sort of stifle you, and she needed to basically you know get out, sort of push herself. And right. um, I think, and then I'm they... excited to see a player like Ohai yeah. sort of push through definitely and i think i think probably if if i was just going to do some quick soccer analysis of it i would say that um she had that 2016 season but part of that had to do with her explosivity and after the acl it just has taken her a while to um get that back um i'm not sure we've seen her be as fast as she was before that doesn't mean that she can't it just you know i think that but i will say that perhaps some of the stuff that we saw in houston was a player who had one very specific kind of explosive talent in a very particular avenue of her game. And then when that wasn't, when that was taken away from her, I'm not sure exactly that she was guided into becoming a a more well-rounded soccer player. And I think um, it's a testament to Chicago's reputation and a testament to her that she recognized that and, um, and one it wants to improve, wants to become that more well-rounded player, um, because she really she could have stayed. At, she could have just stayed in Houston for the rest of her career. Um, I'm sure they would have had her. And uh, I, yeah, I just so so basically my whole point being that I was pretty high on this trade. Um, you know, people have rightfully pointed out that she has been underperforming, but I just think that I understand why Chicago's coaching staff sees what was happening for her for the last couple of years and thinks to themselves, Oh, we can get, we can get this way better than that. It's the, uh, could be the, uh, the Morgan Bryan blueprint, right. right? Uh, I think with, uh, a player like Ohio coming into this off season with the red stars, right. Just looking at the red stars off season today, looking at what they were sort of, uh, heading into losing a player uh, like Sam Kerr to her inevitable uh, <laughs> journey on of greatness. And I think the Red Stars maybe found themselves in a position where it's like, you know, whoever they were going to bring in, in terms of a striker, in terms of a forward, right? Whoever they were going to bring in, it was going to be difficult to sort of replace. You're talking about this superstar well, in Sam Kerr. Right, and then also even... about 18 goals. You're talking right. about ridiculous amount of production right um but i think in bringing in a player like ohi there's a lot of upside there no matter what she's also a winger which is not a a position that chicago has ever had a ton of depth at so um the fact that she historically has been very good kind of making runs from the outside um should theoretically give chicago some width that they haven't had in a long time even like with Kerr you didn't need it because you had Sam Kerr but when you don't have Sam Kerr boy it's really nice to have some options on the outside in addition to whoever you want to set up in the middle whoever you want to set up in the middle Chicago collecting themselves some some forward (laughs) could be right now could be me they're gonna figure it out they're gonna be figured out and it's gonna be uh it's gonna be fun to watch we're definitely gonna be there for for the ride looking forward to it but yeah I I too also want to take this moment to just uh, shout out Katie Naughton. Yeah, for sure. Thank her for her amazing service. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a player 
drafted for the Red Stars in 2016, right? This is sort of the, the draft episode. So I think it's cool to sort of um, look at where the Red Stars have like been to where they are now, sort of putting in motion like all of these drafts to sort of build what they have currently and really sort of starting with that tw- like 2014 draft and that nucleus of like Julie Ertz and Vanessa DiBernardo and them just going just making this sort of slam dunk in 2015 with making these moves for for Cola Prico and for for Aaron Gillen now Aaron Wright Sofia Huerta right and then to sort of supplement that with these two players in Katie Naughton and Sarah Gordon when at the time they were like okay so we've got like our young core like here it is like who are we going to bring on to supplement that and who are the type of players who can sort of know their role when we draft them in that because that's you know that's really what part of I think the mental side for players coming into NW Styles or drafted is is probably what's most difficult we hear that a lot you know, um, sort of like putting in the work and like sort of having to earn your place and find your role and just sort of execute that day in and day out. And then you see somebody like a Katie Naughton or a Sarah Gordon sort of put in this work year after year and then sort of see them sort of claim these roles, you know, and how, yeah. how long it took to maybe get to this point. I mean, we're entering 2020 and these particular players got drafted in 2016. You know what I mean? So right. it's, uh, it's been dope to see. I, I mean, Katie Naughton, you knew she was going to probably be a special player uh, for this team from the jump. I remember that first really early game in her rookie year. I think they, they had, they had no choice. I believe Julie Ertz was out with injury and they, they threw her out there with Sam Johnson against Alex Morgan. And the pride, right? The new baby-faced expansion team that everybody was like really excited about, and uh, they went out and they won that game. And I believe they shut out, they shut out the pride and Alex Morgan on that day. And it was it was so dope to see this young rookie just sort of come in and do that and be a part of that, and then just watch her grow with this team and just really, really become a part of that sort of uh, that hometown kid crew, right? That everybody really just you know latched themselves onto and uh, really uh, loved and appreciated. So uh, shout out to her, always a friend of the podcast. Katie Naughton was yeah. one of the first player interviews for Southside Trap Podcast. Please feel free to not go back and listen to that. The early episodes of Southside <laughs> Trap needed some yeah. work, so don't feel like you have to go back and watch that. But it was a it was a it was a fun fun yeah, time. You know, uh, you know the you know the thought that I had also was just like it's so like that is a player that I look forward to catching up with you know the next time like the next time Houston's in town I look forward to catching up with Katie Naughton and just being like how's you know how's your journey how is this going um because she has always been she's you know she's always been such a good person to talk to um and she went through a very specific journey with Chicago this year some of which wasn't always easy but man she was such a team player and cares so much about her teammates and about, you know, I'm, I'm sure this will be the same with Houston, but in this moment just like cares about Chicago so deeply. Um, and she was there when they needed her at the end of the season. Um, and sometimes the reality of Chicago truly being wanting to be the best team in the league um, is you have to make tough decisions like that. And when you have, when you have Julie Ertz and Tierna Davidson as your center back duo, that's tough. Yeah, it is. From uh, 
starting in your rookie season against Alex Morgan yeah. to uh, starting on that back line in the championship final. That's it's right. been quite the ride. We salute you, Katie Naughton, and we look forward to uh, seeing you tear it up sure. in, uh, in Houston, just not against the Red Stars, right? Yeah, just but, like fall down, you know. Just, <laughs> just like, whoops. Just gotta, yeah. uh, Red Stars uh, also announced uh, the departure of Nikki Stanton, who announced that she is going – to pursue her playing career in Europe. She's going to Norway. She will be playing with Klepp Isle, I believe. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. I'm not too sure. Feel free to add me and correct me on that. I'm totally about that. But, uh, yeah, so in saying welcoming Ohio, saying goodbye to uh, Katie Nunn, also had to do that with a player like Nikki Stanton, somebody who came along in that big uh, blockbuster trade with Sam Kerr uh, back in 2018 to the Chicago Red Stars, where I think – so many of the players within that trade there were a number of them a number of them that got sort of lost yeah that sort of got lost in the headlines of players like carly lloyd Kristen press and sam kerr but a player like nikki stanton coming to a team like the red stars coming to a city like chicago with somebody like sam kerr made so much sense and over the last two years uh seeing her sort of become just this sort of clutch option off the bench sometimes <laughs> having to fill in slot in and start yeah and just being that sort of chicago shit kicker yep she's that a shit the kicker, team was baby. looking for I remember that nightmare, that nightmare three nothing Portland Thorns home opener this summer and just like looking for any positive signs. And I was like, you know what? Nikki Stanton is out there kicking shit. And that is a beautiful thing. <laughs> like any it was amazing. Port, any port in a storm. And Nikki Stanton was that port in that storm. Um, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. She was like, fuck a yellow. It's my favorite color. Yeah. Uh huh. It was good times, yeah. No, and I feel like, um, yeah, just sort of became that Chicagoans tend to flock to that type of player, right? You like to see the player that's going to go out there and sort of maybe be the enforcer, not going to let the other team sort of push your other team around. You know, it was it was almost, uh, yeah, it's like Sam Kerr was the shining star, right, in that trade for the Red Sides. But somebody like Nikki Stanton was absolutely sort of the heart behind it. So it was really dope to sort of see her uh, progression and her sort of melding and flowing into this team and really sort of contributing to that locker room and to right. that team and to that culture over these last two years. It was really, really, really dope to see. And honestly, I think you, have, I, you and I have said it a few times already. Just super nice. Yeah, just so nice. The friendliest person you'll ever meet. Um I genuinely, I just think I, I, when she, you know, when she said that she was going, I was just not unlike Katie Naughton, except she's not going to be around, which kind of, which sucks, but like, she's so easy, even just like chit chatting, like in the tunnel, sometimes she would always just say like my favorite thing that I heard that day. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, the thing about Nikki Stanton is, um, you know, I'm sure Chicago is confident that they can find other players who can do what she does on the field. Um, But it seems, you know, it seems like honest to say that 
the Sam Kerr trade doesn't work as well without Nikki Stanton. And the team is less of a family last year without Nikki Stanton. Um, and those are intangibles that uh, are really hard to replace. They're not irreplaceable, obviously, but they're very hard to replace. And um, it just adds to the feeling of this year is just a real kind of new year for this team. Um, not necessarily worse, but just but just different. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I thought it, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like, <laughs> it's just really fitting that these were sort of the last, moving parts right for the red stars before yeah. they headed into this particular draft uh so again one final salute to one miss katie non to one miss Stan. For thank sure. you for your service it's been real hopefully we see you around again uh but it raised these other questions right it's like okay so the red stars went and uh they traded themselves for got themselves forward uh you know moved a center back so does that mean they're going to be looking at some potential defensive center back depth in this draft? Uh, said goodbye to Nikki Stanton. Uh, who is the best center defensive mid shit kicker in the draft? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I know. That's a good it's, question. Right. It's, it's like, a, I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. It's the thing is, you know, everyone talks about like grit, I guess. That's, that's the word that that's the like kosher word that people like to use. They're like, they're, they're gritty. They've got, they've got grit to them. Um, and I think, I mean, I think Chicago has the opportunity to, they have, they have a lot of forwards who are fighting probably for jobs, um, starting roles. Um, and I think if, if some of your, if your main, some of your locker room presence has, has left, the best thing you can do is fill that with people who are going to you know, work as hard as they possibly can for this team. Um, and I'm sure that that's, that's part of what Chicago has kept an eye on in looking at the draft. Um, and like, yeah, that's the thing too, where it's like for Chicago, yeah, they have three center backs, but probably two of them are going to the Olympics. So they really have three center backs, but they also only have one. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. it's, it's kind of a complicated thing too, where you can't, you can't overspend in order to worry too much about those games that they're going to be losing their U S players. But um, yeah, they go from being very strong in the back to being very thin um, depending on who ends up on that Olympic roster. So they need, they need some, some, some power there, I think. Yeah, I agree. Unless, you know, this is the year of Kayla Sharples. I know we'll, we'll see. Round one right never now for the Red Stars. Never say never. Say never. She told us she would blow them up. So we'll see what happens. This round one for the Red Stars, as it currently looks, this could all change by the time you listen to this episode. Uh, they have in the first round uh, the fourth, fifth, and eighth pick, and they do not have a pick until late until the third round. Um, looks here, it's starting at the 24th pick and then the 26th pick, and uh, then some some picks in the in the fourth round there. It looks like I should just won at the moment at the 35th pick. So, um, I mean, it's going to be entertaining to say the least. Uh, the NWSL draft will be available for people to watch. It's going to be streamed, I believe, via Facebook, I believe on YouTube, and directly on the NWSL site. So if you've got time in your day to check that out and want to participate in that, uh, feel free to check it out on Thursday, the 16th. Uh, 
But I feel like the Red Stars heading into this draft, I mean, obviously any team going into this draft is they're going to have their board, they're going to have their options, they're going to have their players that they want to go for, right? But the Red Stars, I think, are in probably the most unique position, obviously, out of any of the other teams in that first round just because of those uh, three picks that they currently have. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that very, very first pick. Uh, and if they're going to sort of have a player available that they want and then take that player and then see if they're going to maybe trade down and or out <laughs> into the future for 2021. Um, just because part of, you know, Roy Dames and his MO and working the draft, I feel like, I feel like looking at some of the Red Stars prior draft history, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, Rory Dames has been, it feels like he's been preparing for potential expansion since like 2017, yeah, you know, sure. um, has just constantly been like making moves and making trades and snatching up picks and also snatching up players and rotating those picks and trading them out or even within a draft sort of taking those picks that you had and trading down, you know, to, to get other players, you know, he traded down to get Michelle Vasconcelos, you know, um, a player that, you know, we're, is kind of a question mark, you know, cause she's rehabbing back from an injury as well. So it's going to be really interesting to sort of see, I think that obviously it's the first round. So this is, that goes without saying that the first round I think is going to dictate sort of the tempo of the draft and how the coaching staff and how the front office sort of, you know, work the remainder of this particular 2020 draft. I mean, I think one of the little things I was looking for when I was looking at the declared list for the draft is that um, unlike last year, um, there aren't that act. There aren't that many Chicago. There are no Chicago land locals in the draft this year. There might be one or two. Um, Right. So the mid-level picks make less sense, I think, for the Red Stars. That's why they don't have any. Um, Last year, it made sense to pick up as much local value as they possibly could in the second and third round. Um, That isn't there this year. So I think it makes total sense that they've front-loaded because I'm sure they have actual, you know, players that they would like to sign to their roster. Um, And then they've just got some stuff in the back. And, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but 2021 – there's going to be, for sure, one more team added. Uh, the NWSL is talking as big as three. So um, Chicago certainly rightfully sees the value of if if they don't have someone that they like love at number eight, they might move that um, to get some value for 2021 because you can just never be sure what exactly is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I... Just, I'm just sort of getting that vibe just because it feels like their most current move, you know what I mean? I sort of could possibly be alluding to that. You know, that that prior right. trade they made with North Carolina for their initial six slot, number six slot in that first round, giving that to North Carolina for the ninth pick and then the, twin, and then, or, uh, and then the uh, 18th pick, they ended up flipping that ninth pick to Rain FC. Uh, and so they've already they traded that to Rain FC for the 24th overall pick, and then they also got the natural first round in 2021 right. for from Rain FC. So it's like they're already kind of like maybe putting themselves in preparing themselves, like you know, and, and getting into that sort of mindset. So I mean, there's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I, I think if any if any of you listening out there have uh, 
yet to witness or experience or watch uh, the Chicago Red Stars in a draft. Uh, hopefully this year you get the opportunity to do so. Uh, last year the draft took place in Chicago. It was incredibly dope. Uh, really, really good vibes. Uh, really, really good time. Great turnout uh, from a lot of fans. Uh, supporters group Chicago Local 134 really came through, brought the noise, brought a lot of excitement. Um, so it was really, really cool to see, especially when you know, they were able to make their first round draft pick, you know, in Turner Davidson's first overall. Um, so we'll see what happens this year. Um, nothing like being able to get that experience and sort of watching a coach like Rory Dames sort of just work a room, a draft room, and like just sort of like work a draft. It was wild to sort of see uh, in person. I have covered uh, a couple drafts now. I went to Philly, but I was sort of working freelance for the league at that time. And I was sort of behind the scenes. So I wasn't able to sort of really witness sort of that movement. So to sort of see that happen in Chicago and see the rest of sort of do their things, it was pretty wild. It was, uh, you'll never, you, I don't think you'll find a less act, a, a more active coach than, than Rory Dames on draft day. So it'll be interesting to see like how this is all going to come to fruition. Uh, I'm excited about it. It, it. Once the draft comes, it really feels like the, the season is like really getting into gear yeah. for, for the NWSL. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think Oh, happens it's gonna be it's gonna be go time yeah i'm excited to uh welcome new red stars you know i think um you know chicago's picked up some some good i do think some some quality talent in both doniak and ohi um but i'm ready kind of to see the bigger picture and sort of get a feel for what the vision is for this year because it's going to be kind of a weird bumpy year just kind of like last year was a bumpy year with the international tournaments and stuff so um yeah, I'm just uh, I'm ready. I'm yeah, I'm ready for the uncertainty to end, and for uh, getting back down to business. To, to who's going to be to the, defeat the Huns? <laughs> That's it. That's uh -huh. the one. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, it's going to be a good stuff. But also uh, to sort of close out this episode, uh, just to recap and throw back to our prior episode, we told everybody about the like official launching of our Patreon. So this is sort of like the first official like episode to our Patreons, like all of our wonderful patrons who have decided to subscribe to our Patreon. And we just wanted to take this moment as part of the outro to say thank you. Like, yeah. holy crap. Like the amount of, um, it was a little bit overwhelming, honestly. The emotions were very, very real on launch day. And uh, the amount of support and just uh, seeing everyone come through this, there's, there's, there's like levels of support, right? And then being able to see it, like visual, like actual visual, active, direct support was uh, definitely uh, overwhelming in, in the best, most purest of ways. So thank you everybody for uh, your support and for signing up and picking a tier that works for you uh we are happy that like people are responding to the content because that's what we're here for that's what we're about that's what this podcast is all about it's about the red stars and now it's for the people who love to follow the red stars so we're really really excited about it and uh we're so excited to see it grow even more yeah um yeah it is exciting it's um I, yeah, I love 
even just like doing this and all the stuff we're going to be doing around the draft, like I'm just so excited to have that be on this platform. And I'm so grateful for everyone for, for believing in us and wanting to help us do this for you guys. So yeah, I'm, it's, 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 uh, it's a corny word, but it's inspiring. I feel inspired. I'm ready to go. Yeah, definitely motivated for sure. Ready to hit the ground running. I feel like some of the players who are like going to their new teams and like recording a yes, video and be exactly. like, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get yes, to work, guys. Right. I'm ready, to get, down, I'm ready Ch- to get down there. Chicago is my kind of town. Ready to get down there and get to work for y'all. Like, honestly. No, it's uh, it's it's truly, truly dope. And uh, I know peop- there's some people out there who maybe are wondering like, oh, Patreon, like I'm not in the space right now to maybe directly or financially support a Patreon. Like, I get it, man. Like, I totally do. Like, everybody's been there. I've definitely been there. Claire's been there. Like, oh, we get sure. it. yeah. So don't feel, like, um, obligated by any means. That's also why, like, on the previous episode, we mentioned that the podcast obviously is going to still exist moving forward. Just our patrons are going to get the early access and they're going to get additional content. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for ways to support Southside Trap, you know, outside of the podcast, you know, tell people about the podcast. Tell people about the Patreon. Like, link them to our work. Uh, that stuff absolutely helps us out. Claire, if the people want to, like, find you directly, where can they do that? Yeah. Um, you know, still doing content planning and stuff for, uh, I'll, you know, I'll just keep working with the Equalizer um, this year. Uh, probably for some more, I wouldn't imagine a, a ton of Red Stars content that'll probably only mostly be here but more free-floating thoughts and ideas over at the equalizer um and well and then also just like this is where i would usually plug something that i'm going to be doing on a different website but for the patreon uh for our five dollar patrons i'm going to be i'll be recapping the draft i'll be doing kind of a first reactions i'm lucky enough that i'll be able to watch the draft live and probably turn that out immediately um before heading to work so um stay tuned for that so if you uh if you would like to kind of hear my take on what the Red Stars do on draft day. Um, I'll be tweeting a little bit, but I will mostly be putting that um, into that post. So if that's maybe an incentive to sign up, please, please do. Um, And then, yeah, you can follow me at Scout Ripley on Twitter. Um, Yeah, that's me. Where you should definitely follow Scott Ripley. They're a good follow. I follow them. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff coming out of that Twitter. It's the t- it's the only takes I care about, right there. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mention cats at all today, but I, it's okay. I know it's coming. Yeah, I know it's coming. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna get it. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't want to talk too much about it until Sandra's seen it because that's important. To <sighs> the thing about cats is I is is I wish that all of my friends see cats. Please, all of you guys, please go see cats. <sighs> Really want to see it. Can't wait. I'm I'm really that's on my to do list. Once the draft is over, I think it might happen yeah. for me. Honestly, it'll die down a little bit, and then I can make that move, make that happen. But there's all this content planning, like you said, yeah, it's true. in the way of cats right now. Uh, just like Claire, I'm also working on some other stuff. This is officially uh, my last week uh, at Hot Time in Old Town. So look for some draft day stuff regarding the red stars there it's been real i already went through this in the previous episode thank you everybody who followed my work there and 
a huge double thank you for everyone who is continuing to follow the work here with Southside Chat Podcast because we're just moving all that stuff over here for us. Um, so check that out if you get a chance. We'll also be doing some cool stuff for EQZ probably way, way super into the future when the uh, season actually starts. Uh, but if you just want to hear the takes, if you just want to hear the shenanigans, uh, you could do that on Twitter at Sandrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-E-R-A underscore. Uh, but, you know, honestly, guys, if you don't do anything else, if you don't really feel like reading the content at those other spots, if you don't really feel like reading the takes on our Twitters, you should absolutely 100% continue your support of the Southside Trap podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Sox. And you could do that primarily, first and foremost, by supporting our Patreon. Okay, so go ahead and do that. But you can also follow us on all social media channels, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Southside Track Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on iTunes, Spotify. Go ahead and give us like a like, a rating, a review. Subscribe to us. You'll get the podcast a little quicker. And, uh, you know, all that stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to produce the best Chicago Red Stars content for you guys. Okay? And uh, stick around. We're going to have some good draft day stuff for you. Peace.